there's a monolith on the moon of Mars. And I think I was telling you about this. And then literally a couple days later, the monolith that looks like it came straight out of the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey appears in the Utah desert. And then just today or yesterday, they found one in Romania and the one in Utah disappeared. That's fucking insane. What do you think it is? Where's my money? Where's my money? I will just say this. <laughs> that fight was rigged. Oh. Nate Robinson, you were asking to get knocked out. Man ran in full speed with his head first. Like, what are you doing, bro? Dude, honestly, when I was watching the fight, the first couple seconds, they were just cuddling a little bit, you know, just holding on, hugging. And then when Jake just landed that first punch, Nate looked at the ref like, bro, you're really going to let me let him hit me like that. Like, I was just, that's when he knew yeah. that it was real. Yeah. He's like, bro, I didn't know we were hitting. Yeah, bro. <laughs> like, man. So I, obviously we got an update for the listeners of the podcast. Last podcast at the end of the podcast. If you listen to the whole thing, then you know that we made our predictions for the fight. And then we uploaded a clip as we usually do, especially if you follow the clips channel. The clip of us talking about this fight popped off. I'm talking a thousand views organic in less than the first day, like yep. literally in a few hours. And I was like, oh shit. And it was a lot of dislikes and a lot of likes, which meant that a lot of people agreed and a lot of people disagreed with either yours or my opinions on the yep. fight. And I will say this, I backed up Nate Robinson mostly because I wanted to cheer for the underdog. And if you look back at I, I'm I'm not just trying to defend myself cuz I'm going to own up to the fact that I did put my money on Nate Robinson, but I like to be the antagonist. I like to play the devil's advocate. And I said if someone could beat Jake and if Nate Robinson were to get do XYZ things, I thought it could be trouble. And watching his sparring footage and Jake's, obviously Jake had knockout power. We all knew that, and I even admitted that and agreed with you in the last mm -hmm. video. But here's what I saw. I saw Jake practicing that upper overhand right, exactly what he slept Nate with. But what I was surprised by in Nate's was that he didn't look like all these other scrubs that Jake was going to knock, was already knocking out because I thought Nate's strategy looked different. Nate looked like he was practicing coming in real quick, hitting you with some fast combos, and then backing out. Mm -hmm. He forgot the part about backing out, and he also forgot to put his hands up when he was playing defense. And so he got caught with the overhand right that we all know Jake wanted if you watched the footage. And so I, I guess that just goes to show I was right when I said boxing is as nuanced as basketball. I was wrong when I put my money on Nate Robinson. You ran in there with your head. You were asking to get knocked out. Fight was rigged, yeah. man. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was definitely rigged. No, but after some time, bro, after a couple seconds, he was just like, he just started attacking. Like, he just put the pressure. But I feel like if I'm he surprised. had some technique under that. Mm. That's, honestly, that's honestly all I think um, Jake Paul um, had over him. Because, like, if he really, really dedicated his, Nate dedicated his time I would like to see a rematch because then I think there would be a little bit more different outcome because, again, Jake has been going at this for three years. I think I heard Joe Rogan say this, and I trust Joe Rogan's opinions 
on fighting and fighters. And I don't remember when, if it was an old podcast or sometime recent, but I remember him saying, if you're over the age of 30, you have no reason to be getting into fighting. Like for the first time, like seriously, think about it. You have zero reason because when you get in there, it's fucking real. It's a fight. They are trying to hurt you. And if you're over 30, like I should not start fighting and try to be competitive because I just turned 30. You know what I'm saying? If I've yeah. never fought before. Nate Robbins is like 35, 37 years old. He had, first off, he had no reason to be in that ring. Literally when that happened, if you were here, which you weren't, but I was like distraught. My face, I don't know, like I probably looked like a pale ghost because I was like, yo, I feel so bad for Nate. He hasn't moved. Man was sleeping. Apparently they had to shake him to wake him up. And uh, I was legitimately worried for his well-being, but also for the fact that his entire family, including his children, just saw their hero get knocked out on national television and he's still asleep and he's not moving. I like, has he said anything yet? I would be, I'm worried about his well-being. I hate, I heard he's he's okay, but yeah, I heard he's okay. So he, I think he's clear. And at this point, I mean, what else is there to say? I mean, people saw what, so I didn't realize how bad it was until literally I watched the replay and Jake Paul said before the fight, I'm going to bounce your head off the mat like a basketball. This man's head literally hit the mat and bounced like a basketball. I, he backed up what he said, which doesn't happen often with fighters. Oh, yeah. But again, the, if you really want to get into it, like Nate had no b- reason been, being in the ring. He was really quick. He was really fast, but he's been boxing for five months. Yeah, and that's why, that's why I bring it up, like the difference. You know, Jake has been dedicating his life to like to boxing. So it'd be interesting to see like him going up someone who's actually has that experience to yeah. kind of see where he's at. Not even from like a competitive standpoint, but just like to see where he's where he's at. Yeah. Uh, Brian Moncada, who's been on the podcast, he was at the, he was watching the fight with me and he literally said, I think Jake Paul will get the fight with Dylan Dennis and I think he could beat Dylan Dennis and maybe knock him out. Do you know who Dylan Danis is? He's like, uh, well, I don't know a whole lot about Dylan Danis, but he's the guy who got hit by Khabib um, when Khabib and McConnor, Mc- mm. Conor McGregor fought. And then there was like a little brawl afterwards. Apparently he got hit by Khabib and he's like part of Conor McGregor's training camp. And he's like mm. uh, one of the trainers there. Uh, and literally he's been chirping with Jake Paul and that fight might happen apparently. And Brian thinks that he could definitely beat Dylan Danis. So, because he got hit by Khabib, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't seen Dylan Danis fight, but hey, I mean, Jake was looking good. I mean, he's obviously been practicing a lot. He's got the combos, he's got the power, he's got the just the technical ability to stay calm while also just picking your shots. Mike was looking good, Mike Tyson. Yeah, Bro, I think the whole the world felt those body shots <laughs> that he was giving Roy Jones Jr. Roy was just trying to just, he's like, bro, stay away, stay away. Yeah. Mike looks scary. I'll be honest. He looked like he was coming in to murder somebody. I I honestly thought there was going to be another, like he was, at one point I saw him bite his glove. I don't know if he was holding back, like wanting to bite bite his ear again. (laughs) I I don't have no clue what was going on, but I was, I was worried. You literally saw him bite his glove? Yeah. At one point. So I, I, damn. 
He's probably just trying to strike fear into that man's eyes. Probably. Yeah, I mean, he feels like it's it's crazy because after the fight, you could tell he just wanted he just wanted to rip someone to shreds. You know, it's like that fucking ag- that dog that aggression. Yeah, there's a beast that's just right under the surface waiting to be unleashed. You know, the fact. Do you think it was a draw? Hell no. In your opinion, I think that was definitely rigged. They try to just like, I think it was a consolation prize. It was like, you guys are old men. We're just happy this happened. We're going to make it a draw because we don't want to call it and make anybody feel bad here. Bro, everybody knows Mike Tyson won that fight. Easily. (laughs) Yeah. Easily. Even Roy Jones Jr. knows it. They're standing there talking about like, would you guys do it again? It's a draw. And literally Roy Jones Jr. is standing there like, yeah, I mean, oh well, you know, we'll we'll have to see. And all I thought about was when uh uh fucking Fuego Bentley was here and he's like telling us what it meant to be dubbed. You've been dubbed. Oh yeah. I felt like Roy Jones Jr. was trying to dub them. He's like, Yeah, yeah, I'll totally I'll totally do that. And then Not. Mike was just like Mike was just like, Yeah, we could put him in an on a in an undercard. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of passing him the ball. Yeah. Just like Mike knows that he went I think he went easy on him. I saw the post fight interviews and mike tyson literally said he wanted the fight to go the whole distance so he came in not trying to knock anybody out which tells me he was holding back he probably told roy jones jr i'm not gonna hit you in the face because i don't want to embarrass you like that we all know mike tyson could have knocked this fucking motherfucker out but they yeah. weren't going for the knockout they weren't going for the they were just going a lot of like body shots yeah but but if you watch Mike Tyson's old fights, he sets you up with the body shots and an uppercut to your fucking face and knocks you the fuck out, knocks you out of your shoes. He was not setting up Roy Jones Jr. for anything, and I feel like he could have. And I think he, the killer inside of him wanted to. After the fight, you could tell he was yeah. ready to keep going. Dude, He that's why I was like, even after the fight, he was more fired up. Yeah. He was just like, yeah. you could tell he just wanted some blood. And every fucking body shot like we we all felt it Roy admit it he I think he even said they hurt but uh I don't think he wanted to admit that he would never get back in the ring with Mike Tyson (laughs) we all know he one time thing 100% and Mike again I think he didn't want to knock him out he said I wanted it to go the distance I'm glad it got to go the distance everybody we wanted to put on a show And, and he literally said you know we all know I can knock people out right away but I didn't want to do that. I just want to go the distance. You know, I want to go all all eight rounds. Ah, man. Let's let's see a knockout. We we watched Mike Tyson fight to see a knockout. And we it was so like it was a cock tease. It was, was literally it, a cock tease. Was it tease. worth the 50? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I had a good time. Review. Yeah. I actually enjoyed the fact that they had like it was a musical concert at the same time. And they had Snoop Dogg and stuff. Oh, uh, Snoop was a great commentator. Honestly, I feel like I was just talking so much at, between the guys that I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to Snoop's commentary until I was watching a lot of the replays afterwards. Mm. But yeah, man, it was worth it. Even yeah. though you didn't Did, pay, you you went to that free streaming website. Well, yeah. Hey, don't, don't. Why do you gotta say that shit out loud? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna bleep that out. Yeah, I don't want to get in trouble for dropping that shit on my shit. <laughs> It's okay. Uh, no one knows about it. Did you see all of the fights though? Like all, like the even like the first one. Like yeah, I mean, I saw that uh, that Jack the Ripper or whatever. 
definitely kicked my dude's ass. So I lost that fucking bet. So are we, I was, I was sure at the end of the last podcast that you and I had bet money. Like I, I thought we, I definitely remember mentioning mushrooms. And then I was like, I'm pretty sure I asked him if we wanted to just do 20, 25 bucks. Oh, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm cool with it. But way. No, you can't do, we can't, we can't go back on the word. Cause I went back to the footage and I watched the podcast and I never brought it up. So what do you mean? You never brought it Oh, Like as far as money or yeah, I said, oh, mushrooms. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was we mushrooms. just said mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you were. I thought you were gonna say <laughs> since we didn't bring it up, there's <laughs> nothing to pay out. No, I went to the footage and uh, I didn't. I didn't bring up the cash, but I, we talked about the mushrooms. So, yeah. do you want to do the mushrooms or do you want to do the cash option? Shiitake mushrooms or the cash? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll leave this up to you to surprise me. I like surprises. Okay, cool. Well, then we should go to Sedona and get some mushrooms. Uh, I might know a way to get some portobellos on the way up there. Mm. Anyways, it fascinates me that literally the chemical compound that mushrooms become when they when you eat them. I think I showed you this uh, when we took them a couple weeks ago. It literally gets turned into the same chemical compound as DMT. Yeah. Except for one minor difference, and that minor difference is the only thing. The only thing that that affects is now it's active when you eat it, rather than having to smoke it or whatever. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if that's a, that explains like maybe like a high dose. What you see on a high dosage of shrooms is the same as you see like you experience with a DMT. Yeah. Just at, at a regular dose. I mean, I've never done DMT at a regular dose, but. I uh, I kind of want to experience it. I also heard that if you make it into a herbal tea, the the mushrooms, then it actually hits you all at once. So like it, instead of waiting, like, like that normal, rather than being like kind of a slow burn, it's just like boom. No, like you just get thrown in it. Yeah, because like the think about uh. it, the mushrooms have to get digested by your system. And it's kind of dissolving from the outside and then just kind of like acid, right? Mm -hmm. But if it mixes in, it's just like straight shot to your fucking system. Bro. So I hear. So you hear. So maybe that would be like. Uh, <laughs> that's like butt chugging beer. <laughs> yeah. Straight into the system. That's like, that's like when they put concentrated marijuana in vape pens. It's like taking a shot of marijuana. It wakes you up. Yeah. Instantly. Yo, speaking of, Eric fucking did it, bro. Ah. Uh. For the viewers that don't know, they did what? All right. So, Eric is this dude who's been... He basically snuck into the to the last Logan Paul fight and pretended he was a DAZN reporter and uh, tried to basically just sneak in backstage. And he did a little interview real quick with Logan Paul. And then he said, hey... He, he, like, revealed he didn't actually work and he snuck in. And then he got on Logan Paul's radar. Anyways... He, Obviously, this man's got a hard arm for Logan Paul, right? So, but he his ability to create content, and more importantly, I find it fascinating his ability to sneak into places and just showing all the behind the scenes. I think it's really cool. And so, I was very surprised when I saw a video that I thought was clickbait. He literally said he snuck into the Mike Tyson Jake Paul fight, and I watched it. Man, literally snuck into the Mike Tyson Jake Paul fight, and it was such a like. Why the fuck did nobody else do this when, when you saw how they did it? That I don't even want to say how he did it. You might just have to go check out the video, right? And so, uh, man, that he literally got in there and he was standing there and he showed, he was recording on his cell phone just standing there act, acting like he was one of the workers 
uh, like six feet behind Jake Paul as he's about to walk out for the fight. Jake Paul doesn't even know he's standing there. And then he's like standing like 20 feet away from the ring while the fight's going on, while uh, he got like a very unique angle of Nate Robinson getting knocked out. Uh, and he saw he was literally in the ring when Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. was doing their post fight uh, kind of just like when they announced it was a draw. Yeah. Why, why did they move him from the ring to like the... I don't know. Probably because they could sanitize it. Because I don't know if you saw, but they were like spraying it down oh. in between fights. Yeah, so they were probably sanitizing all of it uh, between fights. I don't know. I thought it was very fascinating. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's crazy how like this one seemed to be like easier than the Logan Paul because there was so much. Uh, I'm assuming like there was so much more that could go wrong with when Logan was fighting because I'm sure they had amped up security. It yeah. was like very tight yeah. compared to this where it was just people. They were like, eh, it's COVID. People aren't going to come like it's more relaxed. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely fascinating to me. You would think with uh, at the Staples Center. With that many high-profile people in one spot, the security would be a little bit tighter than it was. Well, even after the fight, when Mike Tyson uh, was going going out, there was a group of people who wanted his signature, and some dude asked him, like, you know, uh, basically to fight him. But then Mike, kiddingly, he's just like, "Bro, like, no, it would it would end bad for you, you know." But as a joke, and then the dude, I guess he actually swung at Mike, but and then he was starting to pull some some out that they don't know if it was a weapon or whatnot. But his security team was on that shit. That was last weekend? Yeah, after the fight. When he was walking out. Damn. I'm just saying, Mike Tyson will fuck anybody up. You see that man square up in front of you? Dude, he could have easily let out that that pent-up fucking beast. Yeah. I felt like he was going about half speed for Roy Jones Jr. He was going about half as hard as he could have. He had another five levels to get to level 10. Bro, but... That is crazy. That just goes to show you once a beast, always a beast. Yeah. Here's what I wonder. Kate ha- has never seen Mike Tyson fight. She's never, she has no idea what to expect when watching Mike Tyson about to fight. I wonder if she was impressed by what she saw when Mike Tyson fought in front of her. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you could just, like you said, you could just feel those body shots. It was, yeah. and his, his energy just like, it was like he never really gave up boxing. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, I think he could fight Tyson Fury or any of these fucking heavyweights today that are in their prime and probably legitimately knock most of them out. Fuck. To really this day. So? <laughs> yeah. Like, I it fascinates me. You think about Mike Tyson, the type of person Mike Tyson is. He's just a fucking dude. He's he's a human being like you he's and me. He's a humanitarian. And he's probably shorter than me. I don't know how tall Mike Tyson is. Might want to fact check me on that. But uh, moral of the story is there is something about this man that makes him a little bit less human than everybody else. Like a little bit supernatural. You know what I'm saying? He's a human. But what other human is capable of the rage within him? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. He's really like, I don't know. He's been able to, it goes to show like that energy. He's been able to kind of transform it or just you utilize it in, in boxing. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm impressed by that, man. 
<laughs> and even the, you said the humanitarian in his post-fight interview, he was, I, you, you couldn't hear the questions that were being asked, but you could just hear what they would say into the mic as a response. And it seemed like multiple reporters in a row were questioning him about the fact that he smokes weed every day. And he was like getting defensive. Like, and it's like one of those things where, you know, you're not crazy and everybody else thinks you're crazy, but you know, you're not, and they're the crazy ones. And it was a very interesting exchange because Mike Tyson was like, yeah, I smoke weed. I smoke weed every day. Always have, but that's just me. And I always will, I, but I don't care who cares. Right. And then they're like questioning him about it. And he like, it was, it was crazy to hear that. And, uh, you know, the funny part about that, what it's that, uh, it was the fight was sponsored by weed maps Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with Snoop Dogg and all that. So here again, like I, I didn't hear the context cause you couldn't mm -hmm. hear what the reporters were saying, but it, it was almost like them questioning his like, Oh, weed bad. Why would you do that? It's so bad. You know? Yeah. But did you see that? Like weed maps legitimately had. Yeah. Like, yeah. So how ironic that was fun though. It was. I, I think, honestly, once Jake, I don't know, he brought the energy out. I feel like it was entertaining to watch their fight. Maybe just because I, like, I've, I've been wanting to see it. But that, yeah. it, it was a good, entertaining fight. Speaking of, I think Tyson Fury got named, like, what was it, character of the year or something like that. Uh, I'd have to look it up exactly. But I saw he was trending news. And I thought that was interesting because it's like, yo, put Mike Tyson up against that motherfucker and let's see what happens i think that would be a hell of a fight the next thriller bro but i think here's what nobody wants to see nobody wants to see fucking mike tyson get knocked out that i mean i don't think it would happen anyways it's kind of like kobe's last game did you watch kobe's last game mm -mm. but can mac can he be knocked out i don't know i don't think he would go down mike tyson yeah i mean i've seen him lose that's why he was he, that's why he bit someone's ear off is because he was losing that fight with Evander Holyfield. I would like to see that fight. Bring back Evander Holyfield. Um, uh, Cause I want to see the, I want to see the grudge match for that. Mike Tyson fight that motherfucker. I think in a post fight interview, they were saying they were asking him about it and it seemed like they were still not on good terms because of it. Damn. Yeah. I saw they were on Oprah like years later, um, which was years ago and they were like, it was like the moment they reconnected. The tension was still there. <laughs> I think it's still there for sure. I mean, I think Mike Tyson said, he, he said something along the lines of like, yeah, I've had my people try to reach out to his people and his people never get back to my people. And it's something like that. So it's like, damn, son. When you bite someone's ear off and their ears deformed for the rest of their life, I mean, shit gets personal. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, that reminds me of like uh, KSI, how he's kind of dodging Jake. <laughs> you think he's dodging Jake? I mean, based off if Jake, if what Jake says is true, yeah. What do you mean? What is what he saying? Jake is saying like how KSI wants to make it all about the money, and like he's like, "Bro, let's make it happen." He's trying to make it happen, but KSI just he's like, "Nah, nah, more money." He wants more money. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I literally have no opinions of this other than. The few fights that we've talked about, I haven't really been following it, but uh, I don't know. I think KSI would be in trouble against Jake. Jake is like a meaner Logan Paul in the ring, and if Logan Paul was a little bit more mean, he probably would have put KSI on the mat. In fact, he did put KSI on the mat. He knocked him out with an uppercut, and then when he was going down, 
Logan Paul just kind of punched down at his head, and he didn't even connect with any of these punches, but he got two points deducted because of it. And so literally he lost after it went the distance by one point. So if he didn't take away two points, he would have technically won, right? And so uh, I and plus, case I was wobbly as fuck after that. But rather than getting ten seconds of recovery, got like four minutes. Did you see the fight? No, I didn't see the fight. Oh yeah, dude. Was it similar to? Because weren't people saying that same thing about like they were giving Nate like extra time? No, it was completely different. What happened was. They were fighting, and let's be honest, KSI was definitely bringing a fight, right? He was swinging a lot of wild punches that if they connected, it could have done a lot of damage, but they weren't really connecting. Logan Paul was just kind of playing defense the whole time and dodging a lot of the big hits, and that's why they gave him shit because he didn't unleash the way Jake Paul unleashes with Uh. combos and stuff, Um, at least not power shots, right? And so that they're saying Jake Paul's just meaner. He's probably got that extra fight within him to just fucking clean, close someone out, right? But uh, anyways, Logan Paul, he's kind of technical. He's good at defense. He catches KSI with an uppercut, and he falls to the mat. He's just like, he literally was out, kind of like uh, when when Nate Robinson went out for the first time, right? But then as KSI was falling down, Logan Paul, he hit him with the uppercut and then just kind of like, did one of these hammer fist things on the back of his head as he was going down, right? Uh, and, and the ref, who clearly was just biased against Logan Paul, basically stopped the fight and he said, all right, you can't hit him in the back of the head. Oh, and so instead of counting, yeah, it was just more or less of just talking to... Well, there, I think there was a little bit of a count, but then when he stopped the fight... That gave him like an extra three minutes. And then the ref was like, okay, take a minute to recover real quick. And he gave him extra time. It was bullshit. Yeah. And then he came out and they just finished the fight. But you could tell like the fight was different, you know, um, because he was wobbly because KSI fell and then tried to get back up real quick. And he was like stumbling everywhere. It was, I was going nuts when I saw that happen. Um, but I don't know. I think. Here's the interesting one. Jake Paul versus Logan Paul, right? Mm. They're saying that that could happen in the future, and I think Jake Paul would be looking to hurt Logan, but I don't think Logan would have it in him to hurt Jake. Uh, so you think he'd be doing, like, more defensive? I, I think... I don't think the fight should happen because we know, I feel like... I don't know who would win because I feel like Logan Paul definitely is a good technical boxer and is good at defense, and he's pretty crafty, I would say, from what I've seen. But Jake Paul is obviously meaner, and he's not afraid to hurt people, you know? Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, what were you saying about the monolith? You said there was a big... First oh. off, educate us on what the monolith was, and then tell us what the update was on the monolith. You sent me uh, an Instagram story. Where was it that they first originally found the monolith? So the monolith just randomly appeared out of... So first off, describe what a monolith is, because I thought this was very fascinating that this all happened literally days after I told you about what a monolith was. Do you remember this? Yeah. So it's from what I remember you explaining it, it was just more or less of like a rock that's man-made that really doesn't happen in nature. It's like a perfect, I don't know, the the angles and everything are just too exact. Were we talking about this on the podcast? Possibly. Yeah. 
Yeah, so there's a monolith on the moon of Mars. And I think I was telling you about this. And then literally a couple days later, the monolith that looks like it came straight out of the movie uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey appears in the Utah desert, right? Oh, that's where it was, Utah, yeah. And then just today, they found, today or yesterday, they found one in Romania. And the one in Utah disappeared. That's fucking insane. What do you think it is? You think it's so there's an a couple things. Hoax? Yeah, it's either uh, I don't know marketing scheme of I don't know a company selling monoliths. Maybe <laughs> that's their thing, or it could just be an actual like within there is like a spaceship that could travel. Well, here's what's fascinating: is the monolith in Utah? They looked at the Google Google images from the last few years to see how long it's been there, and 2015. There was nothing there. But 2016, so about four years ago, you could see that there was that monolith there. So it's, and here's the other fascinating part it's in a very, very remote part of that desert. They didn't even disclose the location of it on in the media because they didn't want people to go look for it for fear that they would get lost and get stranded out there. Oh, so it's not like a very like popular or just No, it's super pedestrian. super remote. The only way they found it was because there was uh some farmers out there that were trying to count like sheep or something, like cal count the calculation of like a specific animal in that so area. So it was there for 4 years. It's been there for 4 years. And then people find it, they take pictures of it, they explore around there, and that's when it's people gone. started looking into it. Then literally a few days later it disappears. Why do you think it disappeared, though? I mean, that could be anything, right? Yeah, I, I mean, if I had a guess, I don't know, man. Like, it's it's just like, that's why I say I, I think it's like a spaceship or something that could travel through time and space, and yeah. then just like that. Here's what I don't understand is when they found, found it, it looked like, like, first off, I'm curious, how deep does it go? How deep is it in the ground? Because it's huge. It's standing up tall. And it's a very shiny metal object, right? Was it like 10 feet into the ground? Is it a pole that was just stuck in there? Or is it kind of just a stone that's sitting there, right? I don't know about that, but I'm curious because if it's standing for four years, surely it's got to be something in there planted. Holding it. Yeah. And how easy is that to just remove? It's in the middle of the desert. It, depending on how big it is, it was already big from what you could see above the ground. You would need a large vehicle to remove that out of there unless you flew it out of there with a helicopter, but I don't even think a helicopter could carry something that heavy. I don't even know how heavy it is, but here's the thing. That's the point is why weren't we studying it more? Why weren't we using like ground radar to see how deep this thing goes? Because that would give us more insight into is this an elaborate hoax or is there something more to this? Because if it was an elaborate hoax, man, they went through a lot of effort and probably paid a lot of money and used a lot of resources just to pull it off, which goes to show who's going to go through that much trouble to put on that kind of a hoax, you know? Exactly. And that's the crazy. I didn't even know it was there for four years. That's like even crazier part. Like what if it was a hoax, were they just waiting for people to find it to just say, all right, now it's the time, you know, they, they must yeah. have been planning long and hard. Yeah. If this was a hoax. But then how did they remove it? If it was a hoax, would there be tracks to uh, uh, something came in and removed it? So it was like a metal, right? Yeah, exactly. It was metal, but they but don't talk don't about know. what kind of metal yeah, it was. Yeah, that's what I was going to be the next question. Like, what type of metal? And like you said, if it, like, were they even studying it? Yeah. 
And if not, why not? You would think that you would hope that someone did and maybe they're just not talking about yeah, it. Yeah. It's probably know? like a like the FBI or whatever or the government. You know the government would go there. Why would they not go there? Send in their special alien unit. For all we know, they're the ones who fucking moved it and took it. <laughs> they were hoping people didn't find it. Yeah. I wonder how many people are going just on Google Earth now, just searching every fucking square inch of the Earth, just to try to find. But the fact, monolith. see, but okay, so let's let's play on the idea that it was a plane, right? It wasn't so heavy, and it could be carried by a plane. Wouldn't you think that people would see like a giant ass monolith being flown, <laughs> like to Romania? Like that's that's I don't know. I have no clue how how many hours it's gonna take flying, but don't you just think someone would notice it? Yeah. And, well, even that, like, let's say it was a helicopter, okay? That thing was in a little, in between, like, two kind of cliffs just sitting there in between them. A helicopter wouldn't be able to lower down in there very easily, I wouldn't think. I mean, obviously, I don't fly helicopters. It's not like I would know, but I would assume that that's a very confined space very to having tight. have those helicopter blades, you know? Mm-hmm. But what the fuck do I know? <laughs> I don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. For all we know, it could be the next uh, Elon Musk's next invention. Yeah. But the fact that one did appear in Romania, like, what, the probably a couple days after this other one went missing, right? Yeah. And that's the crazy part. Where in Romania do you know? I don't know the exact location, yeah. but it, from the picture, it looked like just out in the middle of nowhere. I thought I saw a couple videos of just people walking up to it with their cell phone and touching it and stuff. And to me, this metal looked a little bit different than the metal at the one in the Utah desert because the one in the Utah desert was, it looked like it was smooth and shiny and had no texture. The one here kind of looks like it has like spirals textured into it. Oh, so it could either be maybe, I don't know, maybe they put it up to distract us because they're, maybe they're investigating it or maybe that one's a hoax or maybe that one's a hoax. copycat hoax or something. Or maybe they're all real. I don't know, man. <laughs> Here's what I do know. Eventually, when we can work it out, uh, this guy named Michael Polani, a lot of you, I'm not even going to go through the effort of telling you guys to look him up. If you're able to figure it out, uh, uh, Michael P-O-L-N-A. You talked about um, him on the last last podcast, I believe. Yeah. yeah. He's like an expert on crop circles and crop circle formations and like the, the scientific study behind it. Apparently, a lot of them have like weird energy signals and things like that that you can measure with devices. Um, anyways, I don't know much about crop circles, but obviously this man is very convinced in the whole UFO phenomenon. Aliens are real. And the more I talked to this guy when we were at lunch or dinner or whatever it was at uh, in Tempe after the whole MUFON meeting that I went to that Travis Walton was at, uh, the the more I realized, oh, this man knows and I, and I think I've, I've kind of learned myself that when you bring up this topic to people who you don't know are into it, if you just dump it all on them, they're going to think you're crazy, right? So you got to kind of just like slowly work it into the conversation. And for the, the more I do that with him, and keep in mind, we are there because of this topic, right? So we're kind of openly talking about it. I realized this man is very into this. He knows a lot. And then when I found out he was an expert and has spoken at different things about this and given presentations, I was like, this man has to come on the podcast. So moral of the story is he's coming on eventually. Um, but 
he lives like two hours away, so he it's has to plan planning. when he comes here. Yeah. So anyways, the, I'm looking forward to that because I think he's also done a lot of study and research into the connection of Nazis being in an Antarctica. Bro, that's what I want to hear more about. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> here's the thing. I don't know much about UFOs or the crop circles. I wasn't really into the whole uh, abductee thing either because I can never, like if it's someone says they verify. get abducted. Exactly. Right. And so uh, unless there's like a lot of evidence, but I just never looked into it until I heard Travis Walton's story, which is why I wanted to go and hear from him himself. Um, crop circles, maybe I'm hoping that he can open my eyes to there is something. In, you ever it, watched you the know? movie Signs? Yeah. I remember watching that as a kid and it being creepy as fuck. So fucking creepy. And just seeing them or like when uh, the home video of the Mexican family. Just like the little alien. <laughs> the chupacabra. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I first time seeing it, I remember just being freaked out. That was a fucking perfect movie for the time it came out. You know, it was... I remember being so terrified when I saw that alien walk across that screen. Have you seen it? Like, have you even seen... Not even the movie, but just how they look now. Like, the effects. Yeah. I mean, I watched it a few years ago, I think. And uh, I still appreciate the movie for what it is. You know? Just... It just taught me to hold, just have a glass of water nearby. Yeah. Kate, for, I, I didn't realize this, but Kate has always been, as long as I've known her, deathly afraid of aliens and UFOs. And I have no idea why. She doesn't want to talk about it. Alien phobia. And and literally, I, I tested her phobia because she's told me she's afraid. I put on a movie that had aliens involved in it. And it's also objectively a really scary movie. It fucks me up for a little bit. It's Which, called it's called Life. It has life. Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds in it. Mm. And Ryan Reynolds is the first to die. Oh, the one where like they're in a spaceship and they're investigating this like little life form, but then yeah. it slowly starts to take over. Yep. And it starts gro it's I don't want to ruin the movie, but the the alien fucks shit up and in a way that really just irked me. And then the ending very similar to the ending from signs, but this one did not turn out so well for let's just say mankind. Oh. <laughs> and I was very depressed after seeing that movie, but it, it was a good movie for the reason that it affects. And if a movie can get to me, I'm like, that's good. Cause that takes skill to get to people and affect them like that, you know? And so, uh, uh, I appreciated that signs apparently had the same effect on Kate in a way that caused this phobia to exist. Oh, snap. Yeah. So Science is an iconic movie. But I think the reason why I've always mentally wrote off crop circles is because I remember as a kid seeing programming of people being able to create crop circles and do it the same way without breaking the wheat. And apparently you just take a board with a rope attached to both ends and oh. you slowly press it down at the root. And uh, they actually went out and made these crop circles. And I was like, anybody who has a little bit of background with just like being able to lay out a grid farm, and plan it. Yeah. They didn't have Wi-Fi or anything. They were a little <laughs> bored. Yeah. Knows a little bit of mathematics. They can make some pretty intricate cool Sacred designs geometry. with some effort. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe I'm wrong. And so we'll see. But I, I'm definitely curious to question him more on the antarctica nazi ufo connection because this has been verified pe by people who are not ufologists or as they say in the ufo community ufologist 
<laughs> this has been uh, verified by actual normal mainstream people that Nazis very well might likely have might have fled from Germany during World War II to Argentina and then from Argentina to Antarctica. And then if you go and look into it's called Project High Jump, the U.S. Navy, I believe, or Air Force, U.S. Navy, it might have been the Navy. They sent down a whole fleet of warships to Antarctica for research, right? And they all came back, a lot of men deceased, and all of them looking like they came, came back from battle. And this is like... Yeah, this is confirmed. This is like oh, you can... shit. This is government shit. Project High Jump, look it up. And they came back, and what they said is there was ships down there uh, that could fly from pole to pole within seconds of the of the Earth. So does that... What the fuck? So, so they went down there, they got into a battle with something, and then people died, and then they retreated back and said, fuck this, we're going back. So is it... I'm curious, is it like... Uh, is it just the fact that the Nazis, they were able to you know, kind of utilize this alien technology or was it just aliens? Well, that again, this is where you go from fact into uh, elaborating on what might have happened. And that's why I think he's done a lot of research into this where he would be a valuable resource to have on. But from what I understand, and here's, I mean, if you go back to one of the first 10 episodes, Clark came on for a second time, my buddy Clark Kegley, because he really wanted to go deep on the UFO stuff and one of the things that he's really into is also the nazi connection to antarctica and the whole ufo phenomenon i'm also very fascinated by that too because it's a it's it's a history that we've all learned about that i can grasp part of my knowledge into and really sink into it right because there's some yeah some paper trails yeah there's paper trails there's things you can look into there's project paper or uh, yeah, paperclip. Oh, paperclip. The there's paperclip where we actually brought in Nazi scientists uh, into America, incorporated them into our society, um, and one of them, Werner von Braun, who was like the face of NASA uh, in the '60s when we went to the moon. He designed the V2 rocket, which is the rocket that the Nazis used to kill a lot of people. He designed that rocket, and because he was such a genius with rocket engineering, he also designed the rocket that got us to the moon. And we brought them here on Project Paperclip. There's also a lot of other Nazis that were brought into the U.S., became U.S. citizens, gave them new identities. You know what was crazy was that uh, when you were talking about Travis's story yeah. and how he says, like, one of them, the more humanoid aliens looked like basically a Nazi, like the Aryan. Well, again, that's, I think, all right, so going back into the, all this stuff, I'm not quite sure which race of aliens that the Nazis might have been in communication with. But when you go into, like I said, from facts that you can look up into the UFO community and you start trying to elaborate and pull conclusions. Fact fiction. Yeah. Well, you can't really call it fiction because it's things that are very likely true if you're just investigating it, right? And so that's where we start to learn that the UFO, the Nazis had... A lot of weird shit that they were getting into. We know for a fact that they were into occult practices. And we also know for a fact... Oh, I even talked about this with this guy um, and Clark. Uh, we also know that they were they had channelers, these fucking hot-ass blonde women. You look at pics, the few pictures of them that exist, they are sexy-ass fucking blonde women. Sexy as fuck. And they were German, blonde hair, blue eyes, and channelers. 
and they would chant, they would do remote viewing and remote writing and they would just like, uh, and they drew up schematics to flying saucers and anti-gravity technology. And so they, the Nazis, and this is confirmed, they had a, a, a thing that's called die Glock, which is German for the bell. And it looked like a bell shaped thing. And what it was, was it was a nuclear reactor that spun what they called red mercury, red mercury, mercury is like a liquid metal. And here I'm just getting super deep into it, but mercury is like a, a liquid metal, right? And we all know that. Well, they had a concoction of like different metals with the mercury and it was apparently red and it was like red mercury. And apparently if you spun it, with magnets around magnets and high electricity, uh, it produced an anti-gravity type of effect. The only problem is it's highly radioactive, so anybody standing nearby it would probably die. So, anyways, this was this was an actual thing that the U.S. government at some point recovered, and now it's somewhere in a warehouse somewhere being stored away, away from the public eye. So the Nazis were into a lot of occult shit. Apparently, they got a lot of technology basically just given to him and Werner von Braun this is where it gets connected to facts Werner von Braun said they had help and when he implies they had help that's where we talk about these channelers and stuff that they were using I learned this from Michael Polani who's going to come on the podcast uh those two girls apparently never they openly admitted that they were not from planet earth and apparently they just randomly disappeared thinking they might have gone back to where they came from. What the fuck? And so if you go into the UFO kind of like down the rabbit hole, you learn that there's several species of aliens or races of aliens that typically get reported, and it's always like the same few ones. So we got the gray aliens that with big beady eyes and the heads. So they call those the grays, right? But then they also have a whole other race that look humanoid that – look Aryan, so blonde hair, blue eyes, and they call those the Nordics. So um, when I hear a lot about people talking about the Greys or the Nordics, these are ones that are talked about a lot between different uh, abductee stories or even just like just just watch a season of Ancient Aliens. You'll see hear them say a lot of this stuff a lot. Um, but uh, the Nordics is what I immediately thought of when Travis Walton said that. And so hearing how you thought it sounded like the Aryan race it could be the Nordics were the ones who were giving them shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't so, know. Yeah. So I'm definitely excited for, for you to have them on the show. Yeah. I'm excited purely for the fact that clearly I've done a lot of research into that topic of the story of the so UFO. It won't phenomenon. be like, what did you have breakfast for breakfast this morning? Yeah. It won't be a <laughs> fucking shit interview. It'll be one where we can get super deep and nerdy on, you know? Um, <laughs> and so, uh, it just, it's just a matter of when we can get him on. I'm also curious to ask him about, uh, you know, a lot of his work with the acoustics. Cause he remember I, he, his business that he shut down because of COVID basically made them go out of business uh, with other some other stuff in his personal life um, that I don't know if he would be willing to talk about or not. Uh, but some stuff went down. That business kind of went out of business, so he moved to Arizona. That's why he's back here. But it was basically they had like a little mini machine that could heal people through acoustics, and that 
sounded fascinating to me considering that ancient aliens has a whole episode about this thing called the immortality machine which was created to leverage acoustics to make people immortal and the guy who was creating it they say was like the nikola tesla or the einstein of acoustics and frequency and uh he died two weeks before the completion of this and along with him died the blueprints in his head and he said that the blueprints were coming from outside the, sources damn yeah so i'm i'm really starting to think that you know maybe the aliens are just like a uh developed more developed like that's the next evolution of human yeah if they if they look like us you know unless that's just they're able to put on that disguise but here's what i have a question for you on what would be scarier if all these UFOs were from other galaxies far, far away, or if they weren't and they were just time travelers from our very distant future? Which would be scarier to you? Scarier would definitely be from a, a galaxy far, far away. Why? Because if I knew that they were just us, but in the future, I feel like that's more easier to grasp and a lot less threatening than the unknown of why are they here what do they want to do what are their intentions huh what about for you (laughs) well i thought about this because a lot of people say that they could be interdimensional or would that be scarier if they were from a galaxy far far away or just a different dimension that we have no access to oh okay i think that that adds a little bit spice to the cake Definitely from a different dimension. Why do you say that? Because uh, then then there's like a whole realm of possibility. Like, I don't know, just how are they able to access into this dimension? And what and like my question would be like, are we living, you know, kind of like on the same timeline? If they could access it, what else can as well? Mm, yeah. So it's like a bunch of new shit that we haven't seen before or experienced. Yeah. I think for me. I I also came to the same conclusion, but for a little bit of a different reason. I think obviously that being that they're interdimensional, crazy, because most people don't consider that. Like we can't even conceptualize what a different dimension is, which is also going, I literally showed you, I don't want to get too far off topic. I can come back to this, but I bought a book about sacred geometry. I want to come to that. But the reason why I bring it up now is because when I was skimming that book um, about sacred geometry, uh, showing how these different just basic geometric symbols like a triangle or a square or a circle, they fit together in different mathematical patterns, but it allows you to visualize the different altering alternating dimensions is what I saw a little part of the Hmm. thing in there as well, which is why it's ironic. And why I got the book is because when I uh, took a high dose of mushrooms a couple months ago or a month ago, um, I've heard a lot of the theories that, Because DMT is produced at the time of death, and apparently your brain only produces it naturally without the need for mushrooms by your pineal gland when you're about to die. And when you're about to die, if you're technically going into the afterlife, what is your consciousness doing? It's going into another dimension kind of, right? And so when you hear about that, you might think, well, oh shit, if I'm taking orally active DMT right now via these mushrooms... That were made by nature, which is kind of crazy to think about. First off, 
apparently a high percentage of plants, most plants are 70% DMT, but you know, it's not orally active unless it's from a psychoactive mushroom. Right. Mm. And so, uh, uh, it, it might be allowing you to access another dimension. And when I saw that in the book, as I was skimming it at Barnes and Noble before I bought it, and I'm about to go really deep into it, um, on sacred geometry, I saw sacred geometry when I was on DM when I was on those mushrooms, right? I looked at the wall and the dots in the wall melted into a shape that was a sacred geometry shape. And when I, and what now we're talking about altering dimensions, um, what if it that is literally a sign I'm seeing into another dimension, especially when the book even says that this is how you can conceptualize the different dimensions from the sacred geometry. Fuck. So that so in well, I mean you haven't really read the book, right? You just kind of skimming, skimming it. it. Yeah. Um, but going back on track, I was thinking that it might be scarier if they were interdimensional for a different reason, mostly because we're so fascinated with the idea of traveling to another galaxy or another planet that if they're not from another galaxy or another planet, then is that kind of a bleak future for the possibility of long space travel? You know, if these are interdimensional and not in fact from an alternate galaxy or a different galaxy. Then I think that would be the I'm curious, like then, yeah, would it defeat the purpose of trying to get to a different galaxy? Because if now we know all we have to do is not travel outside of this place, but just travel to a different dimension. Yeah. So now we're just working with dimensions rather than galaxies. And who knows how long that will take. Yeah. I mean, I don't even really know what a different dimension is. (laughs) You know, I know. But I think most people can't conceptualize it, which is why it's so hard to talk about. Right. Because we got 1D, which is length. (laughs) 2D, which is length and width, 3D, which is length, width, and height, right? But and we we could only conceptualize. Well, we only see 2D, right? We, well, exactly. We are living in a 3D world, but we can see most things in two dimensions, right? Uh, and so, uh, but we, yes, everything that we can conceptualize is three dimensional, right? And so. Uh, I'm I'm really not well versed on the talk of dimensions because it always blows my mind when I watch those videos on like minute physics or something, uh, talking about the different dimensions. Um, and, and I ran, randomly got suggested a video on YouTube the other day uh, that was made by like a 16 year old kid who was talking about why time is not the fourth dimension. I was like, I gotta click on this. And it's literally like the nerdiest, like think about the nerdy fucking kid you knew in high school who just got straight A's, but was just a math genius. Did you have a kid like that at your high school? Okay. (laughs) This was that kid clearly because he was talking like no teenager talks. He was, he was like Einstein reincarnated type shit. And it's, Half the shit he was saying was going over my head, but he was bringing it back down to a level where I could understand it. And I watched the rest of this guy's channel. I was like, is this just a random viral video he made? Man made videos for like two years, right? When he was in high school. And this was like seven years ago. And then he stopped posting. But all of them were super deep like that. You've seen this? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I forget how I brought that up. But um, yeah, I don't really 
know a whole lot about the dimensions because it blows my mind every time I hear people talk about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not even, I have no clue about it. So just me finding out that we just see 2D and not 3D, that was like the biggest mind blown ever. I remember my friend telling me that and I'm like, wait, we don't, we can't conceptualize 3D. Uh, I always, that just blew my mind. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, it's like if you're an, drawing like a, an ant and you drew a picture of an ant and the ants on the fucking piece of paper, right? It's a two dimensional ant, right? It's yeah. a, but it's wait length and width. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Two dimensions. But if you put yourself in the shoes of that ant and it was looking at something, well, because it's in 2d, it could only see the thing as like a flat line, no matter what it was. So everything looks like a flat line because they can't see the width to it as well. You know what I'm saying? So that ant doesn't see anything but an ant. If it looked in a mirror, first off, the mirror would just be a flat, straight line. But it, hypothetically, if if he was looking into another dimension and could see himself, he would see that he looks just like a flat, straight line. You know what I'm saying? We are God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like dimensions and all that shit, it really blows my mind. But here's another crazy connection is they say that a lot of, the alien fact, science fact, is called science fiction when it's entertainment. And apparently this has been, they say this has been part of the UFO conspiracy by the U.S. government. Because that everybody talks about the fact that the government's hiding the information from us. But why is that a conspiracy? Well, it's because there there's an ulterior motive here. And they think the ulterior motive, which was also revealed, going back to the Nazi connection, Werner von Braun deathbed confession face of nasa designed the rocket that got us to the moon designed the rocket the v2 rocket by that the nazis used to blow people up on his deathbed in america dying an american hero even though he was a jew killing nazi um said there's a bigger plot towards one world order the pieces are already in motion it's going to start with a war on drugs then it's go to a war on terrorism and then it's going to go to uh, a false flag alien invasion. Okay. Are we that? Are, are we one step away now? Yeah, you would think. Because he called the war on terrorism before it ever happened. He called the war on drugs while it was happening. But he said the piece is already in motion and they've been in motion by this group. Right? He basically just said they're going to stage a false flag alien invasion to get us to comply with government demands. I wonder if that's why the government's been kind of, you know, dropping and confirming those. I think kind so. Of build up, build up. Is this like you're, you're, if you were writing an email that's going to sell, it's just like you just drop little hints until yeah. the big final just boof. Exactly. But he said that the shitty part is, it's going to be all fake. It's going to be us using technology that we have reverse engineered from the aliens. You know what I'm saying? And so... He's talking about how they got help from, and I don't think, I think he was doing a lot of implying that they got help without outright saying it, or at least not from what I've seen. Mm. But then this is one of his deathbed confessions. So going into, what were we talking about before Werner Von Braun? We're Jake Paul. <laughs> <laughs> going back into uh, how it connects into the bigger picture. Uh, oh, there, so there, apparently this is also a public document you can look up but it's kind of like the memo and um 
what's his face? Alex Jones brought it up on uh, uh, Joe Rogan, and then they fact-checked him, and this is one of the things that checked out as fact. There's a government document, and I forget the project name, but it's kind of like one of those Project High Jump. It might be Project Blue Beam. Blue Beam. Oh. So is this ringing that, bells That's for you? ringing a bell, yeah. Project Blue what Beam. What have you heard about it? That's basically, it's what you were explaining, right? It's like that's the plan of them staging the alien invasion. Yeah. Yeah. So it gave several ulterior um, alternate options. One of them is a false flag alien invasion. This was a Werner von Braun deathbed confession. What was it now just confirmed via Project Bluebeam? Okay. Another possible possible uh, alternative, stage a worldwide pandemic. Shut everything down. What? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the fact that this is like an official document. Yeah. Bro. For all we know, it's the plans in, in motion. According to the ex-face of NASA, the Nazi. It's just kind of like uh, social media. <laughs> it's, it's already moving. It's Can't a, do anything to stop it. We are a frog in boiling water, my friend. Oh, yeah. So I guess... Moral of the story is enjoy the moment while it lasts <laughs> because next generation and the generation after will probably be nothing like the generation we grew up in, which is at the end of the day, can you really say it's good or bad? Who the fuck knows? Because we were, we were the next generation when we were growing up. Exactly. Every generation doesn't understand the future generation, but the future generations think it's thinks it's right at the time. Right? So I mean, two generations from now, it'll definitely be different, but will they be sad about it? Will Jake Paul still probably be boxing? Get, they probably won't give a shit, yeah. Yeah. They'll probably love life. People adapt. We're adaptive creatures. Unless you get Neuralink, then you're fucked. <laughs> then you become an evil lizard, man. Then you become one, part of the hive mind. You're literally, what is that? that That's creepy. Uh, show, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. You ever seen that movie? <sighs> no. Is it like the thing? Is it similar to the thing where... Different than the thing. Well, the thing is an alien, but it's similar in the fact that these are aliens. Invasion of the Body Snatchers is just basically um, everybody in town starts acting weird, and one by one people are acting weird, and they're like, you eventually realize that it's because all these people have been basically killed and then uh, made themselves look like the person they killed. Oh. And so... It's just an invasion, but you don't realize it because they're all part of one hive mind and they're all connected in the mind. And so they all kind of just hone in on whatever. See, now that freaks me out, honestly, more than interdimensional aliens <laughs> or, or like uh, I'm being serious. Like, yeah, I don't know. Just you explaining that just creeps me out a lot more. That's why I'm afraid of of Neuralink, because when everybody has Neuralink, you are literally now all connected, whether you want to admit it or not, that moment that Neuralink is placed in two separate people there is now a hive mind created but who's in charge of the hive mind the queen bee or Nick or like Elon, Elon Musk whoever's running the fucking controls and he gave a hint that his mind is not all there he has some fucked up thoughts <laughs> yo so what what if this he is might one of be already many? tapped into the fucking hive mind of the aliens the reptilians, that's another race that people commonly talk about. The that's reptilians. like the, the bad, the evil. The evil ones. Unquote. He's probably already connected, bro. And if you want to go super deep into where 
woo woo land um, on Gaia, which is like this paid subscription service is like the Netflix of like spirituality, but they have a whole side of it that is dedicated to like aliens and like the deeper plot, the shit that you don't normally see in most of these ancient alien episodes. And, and so like, but again, some of these people who are on Gaia, like David Wilcox are also like in ancient aliens, some of those episodes. Anyways, they talk about the, the reptilians. They also talk about this like race of alien that is uh, just AI so it's artificial intelligence and mm-hmm. the AI, what they do is they come and basically slowly infiltrate and then take over the body snatchers, essentially. Exactly. And so uh, they say that the reptilians are kind of already connected with AI. And so the reptilians are half reptilian, half AI. Oh. So if you think about it and if they're the, the bad ones and they are a little bit of a hive mind, and Elon Musk is like, I'm not all here. You would want to see what's in my mind. Uh, and he literally, when you say something to him, watch the, his episode with Joe Rogan, the first one. The first 20 minutes is the most awkward 20 minutes of any conversation I've ever witnessed. I was watching it on, <laughs> on two speed, so it wasn't. It looked normal. Watch it on one speed, because that's what I did. Watch it on normal speed. It's so cringy and so awkward. I just had to start laughing. It, it's like, what he does is he goes... You'll say something to him, and then he'll just, like, pause. And you can see that the computer in his head is going, calculating, calculating, calculating. And then he'll go, come up and then give a detailed response, right? And uh, a lot of times just skirting around the question. So uh, who the fuck knows? Maybe he already is part of Neuralink, and he's trying to get everybody else part of Neuralink. And it's, like, a really just, like, tested it (laughs) on himself. That's how he got connected. And that's how the AI is infiltrating. And you think he sent a fucking a fucking car to Mars or into space? Just a, a little Tesla? Maybe that was a distraction for something else they sent into space on the same day. Yeah, drugs. Drugs for all the fucking reptiles. Just in the back. <laughs> just in the back trunk. Man. How did this podcast all of a sudden become an alien podcast? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like uh, it's a it's a fascinating topic. It is, and I I just I'm a truther. I'm not a flat earther. The the Earth is round. No, it's flat. I also want to find out about the fucking hexagon flag or hexagon Hexagon. cloud on the North Pole of Saturn. There's a hexagon cloud. I've told you about this in a previous episode. the top of Saturn, the North Pole of Saturn. So Saturn is a gas giant, basically. Right, not Saturn. Nothing. It has a lot of clouds on Saturn. Saturn is, I'm pretty sure, a rock planet, right? Because it has... No, wait, it's a gas planet with the rock rings, right? Anyways, there's a storm, a spinning cloud, kind of like a cyclone type of thing. But the North Pole, it's so violent and spinning in such a way that it's a perfect hexagon. Mm. The shape of the center of this thing. And uh, it's the only naturally occurring hexagon in that we know. Where does, of where, where does this? Where does the hexagon? What does it symbolize in sacred geometry? I don't know, but it does talk about hexagons in there. So that'd be definitely some to look into. Well, regardless, people think that there's a lot of theories about Saturn, but Saturn is also a very interesting planet in the sense that there's a lot of like mysteries, like the rings around Saturn. Most people don't know, but We've seen a lot of freaky deaky shit floating around in those rings, like talking about ship, spaceships shaped things floating around in those rings. 
some people think that because of the way it's like, first off, it's the only naturally occurring hexagon in nature that we know of. And it's the it's, it's a cloud on the North Pole of Saturn. I want to figure that out. What what causes that? Um, some people say it's like a it's like a receiver, kind of like a satellite type of thing. Kind of like how people think the moon is like a satellite within itself. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is haven't I talked about this too? Um, where people, I mean, think about it. People always used to say the moon is made of cheese. The moon is Swiss cheese. Why do they say it's made of Swiss cheese? Because Swiss cheese has a lot of holes. Well. They say that because if you think about it, they're because the moon is they they're saying the moon is hollow, right? And so this comes from an experiment that NASA did. They took one of the rovers and just crash landed it like really hard in a way they didn't break the rover, but they hit the surface of the moon with seismographs set up, and apparently the whole moon rang like a bell for hours. That's why they know it's hollow. So why is it hollow? Well, what would ring like a bell? other than a metal hole to a fucking spaceship. Um, so there's a lot of anomalies that have yet to be explained that maybe NASA obviously knows a lot more than they're leading on, you know? Yep. And I want it now. I want all that information. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add? Any uh, intriguing topics to bring up? No. I, I think we covered it from Jake Paul to being an alien. <laughs> all right. Robinson. Well, uh, if you guys enjoy this one, leave a thumbs up. If not, or if you were interested in one of the topics or you want us to go deeper or you want to uh, contribute to the conversation, leave a comment below. And I'm talking to you guys who are watching on YouTube. If you're watching on the audio platforms like Spotify, Apple, iTunes, anywhere where podcasts are hosted, you guys are my real OG fans. You guys are the real reels. All right. I love you motherfuckers. But I would also suggest we have a whole studio set up because we want it to be both an audio and a visual experience so you can consume this on whatever podcast platform you would prefer to consume. Uh, And so check us out on YouTube if you haven't already so you can leave a comment and contribute to the conversation. Also, if you are listening on one of those audio platforms, go ahead and like hit that follow button and uh, share it with your friends. Share with a friend. But also leave a review on iTunes. It really helps out the podcast. Um, And the bigger the podcast grows, obviously the more uh, time, energy, and resources we can dedicate. We can step up to two, maybe three episodes a week. Um, We can get a real team in here. Endless possibilities. The the bigger the podcast gets. Um, And probably a lot bigger guests too. So uh, a lot of stuff to look forward to. 100%. Also, potentially some merch down the line. I'm excited for that. Oh, yeah, me too. But we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. See you guys next week. Peace out. Peace.